Welcome to Superman and Lois, The New Adventures. I'm Tom. And I'm Zach. We are inching closer to the show, just over a month out, and we have some big news on the premiere episode. So there was this graphic that had shown up on Batwoman, a two-hour event for Superman and Lois, and we finally have details of that. It's going to be a two-hour premiere event, still the same day, Tuesday, February 23rd, but instead of starting at 9 o'clock, it'll start at 8 o'clock. Now, it's not a full two-hour episode. It's going to be a 90-minute episode. And it's going to be followed by a 30-minute Legacy of Hope special. So a 90-minute episode doesn't mean 90 minutes of the show. If you think it's normally 42 minutes of episode per hour of television, when you count ads in there, it should be 63 minutes. You know, probably 60 to 65 minutes, somewhere in there, I'm guessing what the length is. So an expanded pilot episode. Yeah, that is that is really cool. I, I like to hear that. I like to, anytime we can get a little more time to flesh out the story and to let some moments breathe and all that sort of stuff. And it seems like they've they've got a story to tell that takes a little more time. And I'm glad that they've got a little more time to tell that story. The The Lois and Clark premiere was an hour and a half as well, wasn't it? Yeah. Well, it was two hours of TV time. So it was about 90 minutes okay. of actual yeah. episode. The Smallville, Smallville had single episodes, the first two, but they combined them together for a DVD in Canada because mm-hmm. it kind of pick up. It ends with Clark creeping on Lana and then it Picks back up with Bug Boy creeping on Lana. Real smooth transition there yeah. uh, between the episodes. So, yeah, I think I'm a fan of having like double episodes for every TV show when they start just to mm-hmm. get going. This is having a longer episode is really cool. I'm assuming it was planned, like a, a written a little bit bigger, a little bit longer. So this will give them that more time. I don't think they're just let's add in 20 more minutes out of nowhere and have really long cuts. Yeah. I think it's actually they have a big, long pilot episode and want to be able to show it all and not have to trim it yeah especially with a a lot of things have changed since the last time we've seen the superman and lois they have a whole family and we need to introduce those characters that we've never got to spend any time with so i i hope they get to spend a lot of time really introducing you to the family and the family dynamic and getting you to care and connect with those characters absolutely it's tough to establish so much stuff in 40 minutes but this will give it some extra time. Plus, there's the benefit of, I don't think we're going to see Superman's origin. So that will save some time there throughout that. But I think this is really cool. I'm, I'm really excited about it. And it shows some confidence from the CW. Yeah. So And like you said, with the, the episode itself is going to be 90 minutes, but it's going to be a two-hour premiere event. And that's going to include the 30-minute the Superman and Lois Legacy of Hope special, which is going to air at 9.30 following the episode. And it's Described as a special that's going to feature sneak peeks and interviews with cast of the new series, as well as special guests discussing the legacy of the Man of Steel. Not a whole lot to take from that. I I don't think we'll get any huge spoilers or details about the season coming up, but we might get to see some, maybe some clips of some upcoming villains and storylines and that sort of thing. Oh, yeah. Uh, Yeah, it's tough to say based on that description there, but I, I think this is cool. The CW has done stuff like this. With Legends of Tomorrow, they had it a couple of days before the pilot. Uh, like Sci-Fi did it with Krypton, had a, a 30-minute little promotional thing. I think this is cool. I'm hoping we see some old names from Superman shows in the past. Uh, I know Pitsy Tullock talked about having a chat with Erica Durant a couple months ago. I wonder if that was this. And they're going to, you know, a lot of interviews and stuff like that, just talking about the legacy of hope from Superman. Yeah, maybe we could even see Tom Welling pop up for a little bit to talk about the character. That would be awesome. Maybe. I don't know. I, he seems less likely, but it's possible. Yeah. Uh, he's, he's been doing more talking about the character and cons and stuff lately. Uh, but 
you know, we talked about Superboy last time. I'd love to see them, a couple of those cast members get the chance to talk or, or anybody really involved with the character, you know, creators or anything like that. Yeah. So we had that little teaser before for the show, and it sounds like a new trailer is coming soon, a new full trailer, according to Bitsy Tolick on Twitter. And she said, yes, that wasn't our trailer. Somebody had asked her about if it was the full trailer or if anything more was coming. And she says that was something they released in the meantime to get people excited as the trailer is still being cut together. We didn't officially finish the pilot episode until mid-December, so it's still being edited. Yeah, I wonder if that's if they're done a couple episodes together or if they only before winter break did one episode and now they're just getting back to it now because that seems like it would be a bit of a time crunch I saw. James Bamford, who's directing episode four, is doing location scouting this week. So, which means they're probably going to be filming that next week. So, maybe they're finishing up episode three now and end of four. Uh, just wondering in terms of how close, you know, they're cutting it to actual episodes needing to be out. I'm sure they'll have a break. You know, I don't think we're going to get the 13 episodes straight through, uh, but there will be a break there. But this tells us that a new trailer is coming, and I don't, I think everybody expected that. Um, but it'll be something to look forward to actually get some more footage get a a taste a feel for the sets and locations and all that stuff it doesn't make me i i'm a little curious then what the not what the point of the the other teaser was like obviously they wanted to put something up but the timing of it i'm not sure like what prompted them to put it out right then or what how why they felt that need to come out right then because we've talked about like especially nowadays the the cycle of news and um teasers for things is so short that that was pretty far out before the the premiere episode to then not have another trailer very soon afterwards it seems kind of strange time wise but i mean i'm not complaining because i got to see it earlier but it it still is a little confusing to me no i think it i think they just wanted to get something out there that they weren't ready to show footage yet or anything like that so i'm guessing this is running on you know it's an ad that's running on the network and everything like that so just an announcement hey this show's coming <laughs> there's more to come but it's just sort of getting that information out there and a little something to appease fans yeah and i also that's true i also need to keep in mind like people are watching cw who aren't like me who haven't known about this show right. forever <laughs> and they might miss this commercial the first 10 times it runs and then they see it and they're like oh there's a new superman show i didn't know that that's cool so yeah this is this is not for me <laughs> yeah that's 100 percent who it's for so i get it in a little bit of crossover news so we knew a while back there was a that woman, Superman and Lois crossover planned just a small crossover because of the pandemic this year. Well, it turns out even that is not going to be happening, according to TV Line. Not exactly shocking news, considering we hadn't heard anything about it since it was first announced. But uh, Batwoman showrunner Carolyn Dries said, we're not really able to cross over because physically we can't cross crews due to the fear of exposure to COVID. Yeah, and every show has its own procedures and quarantines and bubbles and processes that they're following so it, it makes sense that while it would be nice to have some sort of crossover it it makes total sense that safety and health takes top priority and if it doesn't work out it doesn't work out and it looks like it hasn't worked out so that's a little disappointing but completely understandable yeah i know people look over to look forward to the crossover every year and it would be great to have but obviously this is a different year and a little bit trickier so I think it could actually work out in as a good thing because we knew they were going to do a smaller crossover anyway coming off of Crisis. This allows them to get a little space in between and build back up to something bigger. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's it just allows that. And I think maybe Diggle showing up could be the connective tissue for the CW-verse that since there's not a crossover, maybe that's happening. But I thought there was a chance it would happen simply because the cast and crew are getting tested regularly. So it would almost be safer to 
have them cross over than to just bring in a random guest star each week. But I'm, I'm guessing the CW is looking at it as in if there is an outbreak yeah. during the crossover, now we're going to have to shut down production on two shows instead of just one. And not to mention if they try to bring in guest stars from other shows. So I think it does make sense not to do it this year as, no, as much as people would be looking forward to it. And the silver lining of this too is that the crossover takes up at least one full episode of your season and leading up to it and from after it that that storyline has to be dealt with and so it can end up spilling into multiple episodes so maybe this this way if they do end up having a shorter season or even if they have a full length season it lets them tell just their story and the story that they want to tell without having to worry about the crossover at all and maybe they can tell a bigger overarching story this season without playing around and making sure that they line up with the crossover. Yeah, especially since if Batwoman's a little bit ahead of Superman and Lois, they're, I think they already started this last week. I think they already started releasing episodes, and they're farther along. So it would be really weird if, say, after episode four or five, Superman and Lois had to go do a crossover, and it kind of yeah. screws up the flow. When you're just establishing the characters, it would mess up the flow. So I think having, if it's 13 episodes or whatever, having them be able to focus on establishing all these casting characters on the show would be better for it i do wonder if maybe they'll do some sort of like drop in or something like virtual like have a video call with batwoman because there's something that needs to be taken care of or even just talking to some of the characters from other shows and then putting superman and lois that way into some of these other shows just as another way to introduce the characters to people who are watching the other cw shows but maybe haven't started watching superman lois because that is obviously the biggest boost that you get from doing a crossover is getting new eyeballs on your show who've maybe never watched it didn't intend to watch it and then see it and like it and maybe stick around that's a good point and they could always do news coverage or random easter eggs here and there uh but with I don't think that's a big deal because all of the shows that are out there now, Clark and Lois have been on before right. with Between yeah. Crisis and everything. So I think people will at least be familiar with them if they've been following along on those shows before. So for the most part, I think it that's not as important for this show than it would be if, you know, like when Batwoman was starting from scratch and appeared in Elseworlds first. Yeah, good point. So other CW news, Greener and the Canaries was not ordered to series. And I guess that just tells us which DC shows are going to be in universe for this year. So in 2021, we're going to have The Flash, Legends of Tomorrow, and then Black Lightning and Supergirl, which are both ending after this season, and then Batwoman and, of course, Superman and Lois. Yeah, so with a crossover not happening, that also means unlikely that, Black, especially Black Lightning with it being in Atlanta, um, but a Supergirl crossover doesn't seem likely, although they're going to be filming longer into the year, and maybe later in the year things are different. Um but yeah, so last chance to cross over with those and it doesn't look very likely. Yeah, especially with Supergirl ending, maybe they do something towards the end of that season that is a, a big, huge event that draws in Superman because he's needed to help her out. But I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't, I don't know how likely any of that is. There's also the in-development Painkiller, Wonder Girl, and Naomi series. And this all just kind of reminds me, Superman's going to, whenever they do have a crossover again, Superman's going to kind of have to be one of the main players because... There's going to be a bunch of new people, <laughs> yeah. and Superman should be one of the more established heroes in the universe. Well, that is it in terms of news. Let's talk about Lois and Clark, the new adventures of Superman, as we look back on all of the Superman-related shows in history leading up to Superman and Lois. So this was really the second show starring Superman, third one starring Clark Kent, if you count Superboy there. Um, but it ran, ran for four seasons from 1993 to 1997, kind of ended on a cliffhanger because they thought they were, a fifth season was coming. It did not. 
interestingly enough, ended with Lois and Clark discovering a baby child. And that was kind of a, a cliffhanger where thing it was going where it was going to go if they were going to um, a big plot point in the fourth season is them figuring out if they can have kids, if they want kids and all of that. And so it's interesting how Superman and Lois is going to indirectly pick up on that. Yeah. It starred Dean Cain as Clark Kent Superman, Terry Hatcher as Lois Lane, and Lane Smith as Perry White. Um, it's based largely on the post-Christ version of Superman. So that that started in John Byrne's 1986 Man of Steel miniseries. A little bit different. Kal-El was the only surviving Kryptonian. Clark Kent is really the main character instead of Superman. Instead of Superman disguising as Clark Kent, it's really more of Clark Kent disguised as Superman. And so there's really a lot of focus on the show of Clark and Lois at the Daily Planet. They really nail that aspect of the show and have really smaller scale type stuff. Yeah, there is so much investigative journalism that is really the core of the show, which is it was pretty cool to see that um, as the focus for Lois and Clark and hopefully something that we'll also get to see in this new Superman and Lois show. Yeah, with the Superman and Lois being set in Smallville, it's going to be a very different dynamic from this show. Uh, but I wonder what similarities it will have in terms of tracking down bad guys and, and how all that happens. So we did look at a couple episodes, season one, episode eight, The Green Green Glow of Home, which first aired on November 14th, 1993, written by Bryce Sable and directed by Les Landau. What do you think of this one? This was it's just an absolute classic, like Superman story. They And they get to go back to Smallville, which is awesome. And Lois and Clark get to do a ton of investigative work. Um, I I really like, I like you're talking about, this is really a Clark Kent show that doesn't focus on Superman so heavily. But his secret identity is a really big, big deal. And I really like to see that him trying to have to hide who he is and some of the stress that comes from that. But yeah, it's, it was a really, a really good episode. It told a pretty big story and not that long of an episode, which was nice. I guess we were, we have been watching shorter episodes of series. So having just that little bit more time to tell a longer story is, is pretty nice to see. Yeah, it's. Superman's first introduction to kryptonite. So the Kent's neighbor finds a green rock on their farm. So Perry sends Clark and Lois to investigate in Smallville. And it is, I really love, I think this is one of my favorite episodes and it's a really smaller, it's like a smaller story. It's not a big explosions or special effects or anything like that. It's a real personal story of Clark discovering his vulnerability, which I think is really cool. And I love how Lois and Clark kind of slowly introduces elements of the Superman mythology over time um and it's just cool to see lois and you know this is lois's first time meeting the kents i forgot about that uh and what do you think of her reaction to smallville in general of having to go there and all that yeah that's what i really want that's that was the next thing i wanted to talk about is like so they get to go to the corn festival and everything like so it is very very much small town just about as small town as you can get and her reaction to to everything and kind of prejudging everything but then learning over the course of the episode that maybe small towns aren't that terrible. Like she has, she explains what a fax machine is to the Kents, like very condescendingly, like they wouldn't know what it is. And then they're like, Oh, here's our fax machine right over here. You can't get anything done without it. So <laughs> it's pretty nice to see all her uh, preconceived notions kind of get um, thrown out the window. And yeah, it was, I, I don't know how much of that we're going to see with such an established Superman and Lois on the new show, but it was it was pretty nice to see Lois come to grips with maybe small towns aren't that bad. Yeah, and that's, that's something I'm really curious how they handle on the show because Lois seems like a big city person, just likes the action and likes having that. But I think if she can, so being in the small town might be weird for her, but I think if she has a chance to adjust and if she 
can find stories and she can find stories anywhere, I think that can be okay. She can find a way uh, to work around that and adjust to it. But I think I could see that being a big part of early in the series. You know, I don't think Clark would have such a rough time. I mean, he'd have to deal with some stuff going back to his hometown, but Lois adjusting uh, used to such a fast paced lifestyle. Things might move a little bit smaller, slower in Smallville. And that's another thing from this, this episode. It's not, uh, I've, it's really character based and not superhero based. I want to see the superhero stuff, but I also want to see the, the character moments that can like slowly develop over time. And I think that's something the show, especially in the first couple seasons does really well the way they, they introduce things. And it's not, you know, it's not about Clark trying to save the world a hundred percent of the time. He's trying to do that, but he also, you know, just has really smaller problems and, and things he has to deal with. Yeah. And there's also a good kind of growing growth moment where they, they kind of learn to work together because in, in part of the episode, they're literally calling Perry White at the exact same time and are on hold with each other, basically, and pitching him different ideas about what to do. And then they, over the course of the episode, kind of learn to, to work together and to trust each other um, about investigating what's actually going on with the, the kryptonite. So that was that was nice to see as well. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, just the, I mean, it's a really fun episode. Uh, the, the Kents are great in this show. Lois and Clark, we don't see a bunch of the Daily Planet. That's what the show does really well. Uh, the supporting cast, Kat and Jimmy and all that. We don't see a ton of that in this episode, but they get some good stuff to do there. And this was uh, some fun Lois and Clark specific stuff. Trask and Bureau 39, they pick up from the second episode of the series. And just this bad guy who's trying to bring down Superman and all of that. And yeah, I just think it was really good along with the elements of Superman mythology. They introduced the Kryptonite, of course, and Jimmy Olsen's Signal Watch. So yeah. uh, a really good early episode of the show and worth checking. Yeah, Trask, and speaking of Superman's identity, he has to tell him that he is Superman, but he does that even when he is doesn't have his powers, which takes a lot of bravery. But Trask, uh, spoiler alert, does not make it out of the episode alive, so his secret identity is still okay. Yeah, Sheriff, Sheriff uh, steps up to the plate and has to take out Trask, but that's a cool, a really cool fight to a depowered. They, yeah, the show handled Kryptonite differently. Whereas if Clark was exposed to it, it kind of affects him for a while. It's not most most of the time. It's if you get out of range of it, he's hundred percent. Here, it sticks mm-hmm. with him for a while, so he's kind of depowered for a while, and it slowly comes back, which is a neat way to look at it, and that definitely comes into play later in the series. Um, but another cool way to call it, and we, you know, it ends with him naming it Kryptonite. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that was a fun little moment, too. Lois and Clark fighting over what to call it. <laughs> their banter in uh, those two characters and their relationship throughout is what makes this such an enjoyable show for all four seasons. Just I could watch Lois and Clark do just about anything in the show, and I think it's um, a real strength of the show. And from what little we've seen of Tyler and Bitsy together, they have a, a similar dynamic, and that's something yeah. I'm really looking forward to seeing more of. Do you think we will get square dancing in the first season? I hope so. Yeah, I, I, we can only hope. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> the corn festival that is like the there's the rebirth comics when they go to the county fair and stuff like that. It's not right. a dissimilar thing. Uh, so I would love to see them go to a corn festival or anything like that. What small yeah. small had the cream corn pageant? Yeah, <laughs> Supergirl was going for Miss Cream Corn, something like that. Season seven. <laughs> um, so I'd love to see that. You know, embrace that kind of small small town stuff that they have. Next up, we watched season two, episode 18, Tempest Fugitive. Uh, that 
originally aired March 26, 1995, and it was written by Jack Weinstein and Lee Hudson and directed by James Bagdonis. What do you think of this episode, Tom? This is another one of my favorite episodes of the series. Introduces Tempest, who is this guy from the future. Basically, the show establishes that Clark and Lois bring Earth to a utopia, uh, sort yeah. of inspire a utopia in the future, far in the future. Uh, and Tempest is one of these people from the future. H.G. Wells, the H.G. Wells, brings Tempest back to present day. And Tempest, Lane Davies is one of my favorite as Tempest is one of my favorite yep. original Superman villains from from other media because he is just a bad guy and doesn't care. He is so bored with living in a utopia. He just wants to cause some mayhem and he is, you know, he basically talks to the audience most of it. He appears a couple other times. He's basically just talking to the audience the whole time and it's just so entertaining to watch. Yeah, he even goes as far to like tell Lois that she's stupid to her face because she doesn't know that Clark Kent is Superman and puts on a pair of glasses and like how can you not tell so it's like you said it's almost breaking the fourth wall and it's yeah he is he's hilarious throughout this whole episode yeah it's one of the most quoted lines of this show <laughs> uh Lois Lane being galactically stupid yes <laughs> but yeah like you said H.G. Wells comes back with the the time machine it, this is like such a fun goofy episode the time machine is literally looks like the sled from the movie elf if you ever saw that that santa is riding around on <laughs> maybe, maybe they reused it and he just drops a piece of paper that has the diagram for a time machine and clark's like oh i can well superman is like oh, i can build one of those and it's just like one hour later and there's a whole new time machine just sitting there <laughs> i can build the time machine it might take a couple hours right some time, yeah. <laughs> but yeah basically it all centers around tempest's he is so bored with the utopia, like you said, and he wants to go back to Smallville and kill baby Clark. Um, so he's going to go back to 1966, but Wells sabotages it and sends it back to 1866 in Smallville. So we get to see a lot of fun moments with Jesse James and Clark's, the well, Ma and Pa Kent's ancestors, who are played by the same actor and actress, obviously. But it's cool to see them in, in the past and then get to see Superman in that time period. Always wears me out, kind of a sci-fi show trope of the time but just having the same actors play different characters yeah and, you know it's always a, a fun thing smallville did it too when clark played jor-el so uh it happens yeah but when uh after tempest tells lois that clark is superman and she realizes everything and then kind of thinks about all of the times that she puts everything together and she confronts clark about it and he has this fantastic line where he says superman is what i can do clark is who i am and that i mean that is the sentence that you can just put on the book well inside the book why you should care about superman and why you should read superman you just put that <laughs> sentence in there and you're done yeah I, I absolutely love that line that's one of my favorite superman lines that i can think of and as much as i mean superman is clark kent but as much as i love superman clark kent is my favorite fictional character and they really get into this here and i love seeing lois's reaction to finding out about clark uh that's that doesn't stick uh she will get another chance to learn it in the near future in this show but because of time travel shenanigans, whatever, they, her memories are erased. But I thought it was fun to see her, um, <laughs> fun to see her reaction being upset with Clark. Yeah. Um, because they were, they were dating at this time in the show. They had just recently started dating and it's a new relationship and everything. And um, luckily it comes around that Lois is not in fact galactically stupid. Uh, but <laughs> even if Tempest might think so, uh, but he's a bad guy. So that happens. But yeah, this is just a, a fun, really fun adventure uh, exploring these characters. Yeah, it's kind of like back to the the future that even with the people fading in and out of existence because of things happening in the past. And 
I guess this in this version, Superman is the comet that the Kent see because actually he landed in the morning, but then he pretends to be the comet at night so that they stop on the side of the road and save baby Clark. So that's just an interesting little part of the lore of this series. Sure. It's best if you don't <laughs> best if you don't think about it too much uh, yeah. when it comes to this time travel stuff. But yeah, they, they did some things and it's cool to see Clark see his, a younger version of his parents. A little bit of on the nose dialogue there where Martha says, if I find a baby, which is right. a weird yeah. thing to say, unless you knew you were going to, to, to find a spaceship later that night. Um, but yeah, I, I really enjoy this one and really enjoy Tempest. So I, this episode, I mean, it is pretty goofy, pretty wacky. It is, it's almost like Legends of Tomorrow kind of goofy, which is, that's not a bad thing at all. That's just kind of the style of that show. Do you think a story this kind of silly could work on the new Superman and Lois? Obviously, we haven't seen any of the episodes but just based on what we've seen so far do you think it would fit in with the tone it's tough to say i think so and it's all about balance right i don't mind one-off fun adventures like that um being used sparingly i wouldn't this is you know some of it's a little i don't know i think it could work i I wouldn't want all episodes to be like this but uh to have a later episode on occasion i think it's just fine yeah especially if it's all about i think the like clark and Lois don't act silly in this episode. It's that new silly characters come in and they're put into a silly situation. I think that's the best way to do it. So it's all about bringing in the right guest star to do that. And Tempest is just about the best I've ever seen in one of these kind of episodes. That's a good point. They are treated, everything they're going through is very serious to them. And then there's some goofy fun stuff going along with it, uh, which is fun. But when Tempest comes back later, he actually, he can not only travel through time, but jump through the multiverse mm-hmm. so i really just want to see lane davies back as this exact character coming to destroy another superman in superman yeah and that would be so amazing like and especially if he makes references to this show to lois and clark um and kind of breaks that fourth wall again yeah that would be pretty cool all right well that is all we have for today next time we'll be looking at smallville so we'll be checking out season two episode 17 rosetta and then uh season the opening of season four crusade and gone episodes one and two and that's a really good introduction to lois and her father as well yeah absolutely so we'll be back then thanks for listening 